Thank you for sharing about your first dates, most awkward dates, and your ideal soulmate. You know, speaking of first dates, Marche at Vivo City holds an important memory for me. It was where I brought Hui Yi for our first date. I won't really count it as a first date because we weren't interested in each other then. To me, it was just an innocent celebration of a close friend's 20th birthday. I never expected this first date to become the starting point of us becoming soulmates. You see, relationships can make or break us, especially during our youth and young adult stage. I've seen youths and young adults getting together with the wrong youths and young adults or getting together at the wrong time. God has wired us for relationship. And deep down, many of us long for companionship. What a privilege then it is for me to share this particular message with you in our Jia sermon series. Let's turn to Genesis 24. The title of this sermon is Provision, and I've subtitled it From First Date to Soulmate. Now you see, Abraham was in his twilight years, and he was getting ready for succession planning. So he entrusted his servant with helping his son find a soulmate. My main points are applicable to any life situation, but my sub-points specifically address finding life partners. My big idea? God is faithful to guide and provide for what we need as we seek Him. Yes, even in this important area of finding potential soulmates. Firstly, let's prioritize God's desires. We can extract two principles from this text on prioritizing God's desires. Principle 1. The principle of sharing similar spiritual values. In seeking God who is faithful to guide and provide for what we need, it's crucial to look out for someone who is spiritually equally yoked with you. Abraham made his servant swear two things. Firstly, that the woman whom he finds for Isaac must not be a Canaanite. He didn't want someone with a different faith and upbringing from Isaac. And secondly, that she must be from his homeland so that they are raised in a similar way. Verse 3, this is what the Word of God says. Swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you will not allow my son to marry one of these local Canaanite women. Go instead to my homeland, to my relatives, and find a wife there for my son Isaac. And that's what Abraham said to his servant. What practical advice! If not, their marriage will be a disaster from all their disagreements. The Apostle Paul repeated this idea in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 and 15, and he used an extreme to bring out this particular point. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? See, practically speaking, if you don't share similar spiritual values with your potential soulmate, it'll be challenging for both of you to agree on how you spend your time, your money, treat your parents, raise your children, reach unbelievers, or fulfill the great commission in your marriage. Don't just settle for someone who's a Christian by name and think that is enough. Instead, find someone who is God-fearing, Bible-knowing, and truth-applying. That's principle one. 
Now, this is principle two. The principle of praying over every pursuit. Committing every pursuit to God is to seek and trust God to be faithful in guiding and providing for what we need. It wasn't just the servant who was praying for success. I would imagine Abraham praying too. And Isaac was certainly praying as well. His choice of a lifetime partner was at stake. His first date could become his soulmate. So let's see from verse 12 what the Word of God says. This is what the servant says. O Lord, God of my master Abraham, he prayed, please give me success today and show unfailing love to my master Abraham. Verse 15. Before he had finished praying, he saw a young woman named Rebekah coming out with her water jug on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, who was the son of Abraham's brother Nahor and his wife Milcah. Verse 63, and this is at the end of the chapter. One evening, as Isaac was walking and meditating in the fields, he was praying. He looked up and saw the camels coming. Now, the key to knowing God's desires is in prayerful discernment. You're never too early to start praying for your soulmate. So, instead of YOLO, why don't you consider YOMO? You only marry once. If you trust God, you ask God. If you always pray, you will never go astray. So, let's prioritize God's desires by praying over every pursuit and looking out for someone who shares similar spiritual values as you. It's point one, prioritizing God's desires. Next, let's pursue God's guidance. That's point number two for you, pursue God's guidance. The next three principles show us how to pursue God's guidance. Principle number three, the principle of seeking interior purity before exterior beauty. And I'm taking this just from one short verse in 16a. The Word of God describes Rebecca was very beautiful and old enough to be married, but she was still a virgin. Seeking a faithful God who guides and provides for what we need is to seek what matters to Him and is prized by Him. You see, in the ancient Near East, a woman of chastity was highly valued and visually distinguished by special garments. Virginity is a precious gift one could give to another, both then and now. While the servant noticed Rebecca's external beauty and eligibility for marriage, what made a deeper impression on him was her sexual purity. The true desirability of a person is found on the inside more than the outside. Nonetheless, your value is not found in what you have or no longer have. In Christ, you always have a new beginning. To God, sexual union is sacred and it is worth waiting for. So don't despise the value of reserving this gift for your future spouse. Don't let someone rob you of it and don't rob someone of it. If you are already dating, your job is to guard your girlfriend's purity for her future husband or to guard your boyfriend's purity for his future wife. If you end up marrying your girlfriend or boyfriend, good for you. You've succeeded in guarding his or her purity for yourself. It's a win-win situation. Someone will either thank you for doing guard duty or you will thank yourself. Principle number four, the principle of being self-giving and not self-seeking. 
Let's take a look at verse 19 in chapter 24. When she had given him a drink, and that's Rebecca giving the servant a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too, until they have had enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jug into the watering trowel and ran back to the well to draw water for all his camels. When we seek God and trust Him to be faithful, to guide and provide for what we need, we are able to be selfless instead of self-centered. Watch this. There were 10 camels. That's what the scriptures recorded. And camels, they only drink the water that they have lost. A camel that has travelled such a distance with the servant could probably drink about 100 litres. For the army guys, that's about four jerry cans. Now, if there were 10 camels and each camel needed 100 litres each, it means that 1,000 litres worth of water needed to be replenished for the camels. Get this. There was only one Rebecca. And this one Rebecca only had one jug. And so Rebecca ran between the well and the watering trough. To get to a running speed, Rebecca probably needed a minimum distance. So let's just give him, let's give her a 50 meter uh, running distance. So you see, if you needed to replenish 1,000 liters, Rebecca needed to make 100 return trips or 10 kilometers in total distance. Imagine the strength Rebecca needed to draw the equivalent weight of a sack of rice from a well and then running 10 kilometers with it. No pun intended, but what a feat. If this was a hyperbole, then it really shows that Rebecca is selfless. Now you think NAPFAS tough, IPPT, SOC is tough, HIIT or Tabata are tough? Say no more fam. Rebecca, the very beautiful virgin, would own all of us noobs. And all this for a stranger? No wonder the servant was impressed with Rebecca's selflessness and self-giving nature. She sets a high standard for all of us. So here's my observation. A person will be nice to you when she or he is interested in you. But not everyone is genuinely kind and selfless to strangers. We've got to be on the lookout for them. That's principle four. Now, principle five. The principle of waiting for the right time instead of rushing. The servant probably waited between one to three hours for Rebecca to complete the task she volunteered herself for. I think he had enough time to stand her. Seeking God for what we need means that we don't rush into things as we await God's guidance and provision that arrive at the right time. Now watch this in verse 21. The servant watched her in silence, wondering whether or not the Lord had given him success in his mission. Then at last, when the camels had finished drinking, he took out a gold ring for her nose and two large gold bracelets for her wrists. Through this, the servant saw what Rebecca was like. She demonstrated urgency, tenacity, hospitality, care for strangers and even concern for animals. It was only after this period of observation that the servant was convinced that Rebecca was suitable for Isaac. Then he took out the gold bridal jewelry to initiate the marriage contract with her. Now, don't get attached because your batchmates are. Don't rush into marriage because your cellmates are. You are young. You have time. Trust God. 
My friends, the right person at the wrong time is the wrong person. I don't believe that there is one out there for you. But I believe that the one you eventually marry becomes the one for you. It is not about looking for the right one, but about being the right one. Therefore, let's pursue God's guidance by seeking interior purity before external beauty, being self-giving and not self-seeking, and waiting for the right time instead of rushing. That's point number two. Now I get to my final point. Let's position ourselves for God's confirmation. That's point three for all of us again. Let's position ourselves for God's confirmation. The final principles from this text teach us how to position ourselves for God's confirmation. Principle number six, the principle of reciprocating willingly. If we want to experience God's faithfulness in what we need, let's seek Him and respond willingly to His guidance and provision when they appear. In the divine moments that the servant experienced, it still boiled down to Rebekah's choice. Rebekah wasn't forced to marry Isaac. Abraham even explicitly instructed that she had to be willing. Rebekah's family also asked Rebekah if she was willing. When Rebekah finally met Isaac, she willingly became his wife. Let's take a look at verse 5 of chapter 24. The servant asked, and this is the servant asking Abraham, what if I can't find a young woman who is willing to travel so far from home? Verse 8, if she is unwilling to come back with you, Abraham says, then you are free from this oath of mine. But under no circumstances are you to take my son there. Verse 57, well, they said, we'll call Rebecca and ask her what she thinks. And this is the family talking. So they called Rebecca and they asked her, are you willing to go with this man? They asked her. And she replied, yes, I will go. Verse 64, when Rebecca looked up and saw Isaac, she quickly dismounted from her camel. I don't think she ran away from Isaac. I actually think she went to walk towards Isaac. Now, every healthy relationship begins with and is sustained by freedom of choice. You may experience divine moments in finding someone or dating someone, but you should never feel coerced to do something or anything against your convictions or things that are contrary to your Christian values. My friends, you always have a choice. A godly relationship isn't manipulative. Don't be pressured into a timeline, a decision, or an act that is unwise, ungodly, or unloving. Nobody can make you say, choose, or do something you are unwilling to do. That's principle six. Now, the seventh principle and the final one, the principle of coveting your family's support and blessing. As we seek God, more often than not, God does demonstrate His faithfulness in guiding and providing for what we need through our family. Rebecca was always under the spiritual covering of her family. She neither delayed telling them what happened, nor hid any details from them. Let's take a look at the Word of God again. Verse 28 says, The young woman, and this is Rebecca, ran home to tell her family everything that had happened. Verse 59, So they said goodbye to Rebecca and sent her away with Abraham's servant and his men. And this is after the servant and Rebekah's family had negotiated and, and, and was being told what was going on. The woman who had been Rebekah's childhood nurse went along with her. Verse 60, 
they gave her this blessing as she parted. Our sister, may you become the mother of many millions. May your descendants be strong and conquer the cities of their enemies. The result of Rebecca coveting her family's support, God blessed her through them with both practical help and prophetic blessings. The result of conducting yourself in a godly, righteous and honourable manner is that you live with blessings and your head held high. Disobedience in your earthly relationships, they open the door to disobedience in your walk with God. Similarly, rebellion in your courtship opens the door to rebellion in your marriage. Don't lay such a foundation. While marriage is between two individuals, a wedding involves two families. And since most of us are Asians in the context of Singapore, let's remember always that our families will be involved in our relationships. A wise person will want to win the hearts of his or her in-laws so that they don't feel like outlaws after the wedding. Let me conclude by restating that positioning ourselves for God's confirmation involves reciprocating willingly and coveting our family's support and blessing. So, here are the seven principles again for finding a potential soulmate. The principles of sharing similar spiritual values and praying over every pursuit. The principles of seeking interior purity before exterior beauty, being self-giving and not self-seeking, and waiting for the right time instead of rushing. And the principles of reciprocating willingly and coveting your family's support and blessing. Here's a surprising fact for all of us in the modern-day context. Did you know that Isaac and Rebecca technically never dated? This was an arranged marriage. Yet among the patriarchs, Isaac was the only husband of one wife. Perhaps it was love at first sight, bride at first night, wife by daylight. Now, by the grace of God, Hui Yi and I have gone on quite a journey since that first date in Marche. We share similar spiritual values and have prayed through the milestones we've crossed together. She's been the gatekeeper of purity in our relationship and she allowed me to lead us into growing in godliness. God has constantly taught us to put others before ourselves. We've also experienced God's timely provision in our 13 years together. We willingly choose to love each other despite our many shortcomings and we do our very best to bless our immediate family. In closing, may I remind you that in Christ, you are to be equally yoked with your future soulmate. In Christ, you have a new beginning. And in Christ, you are called to be loving, honourable, and God-fearing. Now, before I close in prayer, I have some questions for your reflection and discussion. Number one, are you in an existing relationship or hope to be in one? How can you put God's desires before your own? Number two, do you seek God's guidance in your current or future relationship? How can being in Christ influence your decision-making? And finally, are you in a dishonouring, unloving or ungodly relationship? Is there someone in your family or spiritual leader you can speak with? That will be something for you to think about and perhaps to discuss with your cell group. Let me pray for you right now. Thank you, Lord. 
Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that we can learn from Genesis 24 and all the different principles that we can extrapolate from this one chapter. More than anything else, O God, Father, we pray, Lord, that you will teach us to walk closely with you because in your Holy Spirit, through your Holy Spirit, by your Holy Spirit, O God, you have given us the ultimate guide for all the big and small decisions of our lives from finding a soulmate to being the right person to date to even knowing where to go on our first date. We want to rely on the Holy Spirit for guidance. We want to rely on the example of Christ, on what it means to become the right person to date. And Father, we want to look to You and trust in You for Your timing, for Your selection, and for Your prompting in us. And Father, when that happens, Lord, we want to walk obediently into it. And Father, we want to walk courageously into it. So Lord, would you just bless all of us who are listening to this sermon right now. Help us not to run ahead of you. Help us not to run so far behind you. Help us to walk right alongside you as you journey with us in finding a soulmate together for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this week. And I'm going to transit now to the next segment of our service. <music>